Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Roto, is any uh, slim vanilla cake for you today? Nah, today is a thick chocolate cake on Valentine's Day. That's how I roll. That's right. It is Valentine's Day, Ronis. What Are you doing anything special? Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there, by the way, who's listening. What are you doing? Yeah, and happy Valentine's Day for those that will be single in a month as well. So enjoy today. <laughs> relish it. Put it in your memory bank because I think a lot of you guys will be single soon. Uh, now I'm, I'll be going out to dinner tonight. Okay. Okay. Is there a special, like... Menu that you're going a special place, or is it just you know you take yeah, it to nice, Arby's or something? Not, bah, I tried Arby's; they were booked. Uh, White <laughs> Castle also <laughs> reservations. Those, were those roast beef sandwiches, dude, they're good. Yeah, man. Time, yeah. So now uh, it's a nice restaurant uh, with a nice view of New York City on the Jersey mm-hmm. side. So uh, hopefully, uh, it will be a good night. It should be. Would you call yourself romantic, Adam Ronis? Uh, sometimes. Oh, okay. I could see you being romantic, Ronis. Yeah, at times. How about you? Well, you've been married for a while, so I yeah, think the romantic. I'm not very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> not very romantic. <laughs> it went out the window like what yeah. a, mo- a year yeah. after the wedding, right? <laughs> Less. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I think I mean well, but I don't know. I think it comes off as planned and not sincere. Okay. Even though I am sincere when I do it, I don't think it comes off that way. If that makes any sense. Got it. So what are your Valentine's Day plans? Well, I got my wife the card always, and I always get my wife flowers. And you know I usually get them a day or two early because in case I forget on Valentine's Day at least, I get it in. But we're work- I'm working. She's working. So we're just going to go out this weekend. Okay. That's probably, you're better off that way. This way you don't get charged <laughs> four times the meal. It's ridiculous. So I got to go out tonight for the same meal that I can get. Two days ago for one quarter of the price. It's the same thing as New Year's Eve. It's so dumb. And I I actually said this to my girlfriend last night. I said, this is such a terrible holiday. It's commercialism. Like, you really need this day to know how I feel about you and appreciate you every day. And, you know, I think she kind of disagrees with me, obviously. No, but you're right. I actually was talking to a bank teller about that today. Like... I love my wife, dude. I tell my wife I love her all the time. I don't need to tell her I love her on Valentine's Day to make it special. Obviously, it's commercialism. It's, right, it's right. so they can sell the cards, the flowers are like what four times the price, and then the <laughs> delivery on Valentine's Day is a hundred bucks. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, we, right. and and a lot of things in this world is are like that. We get sucked into these traditions and things that are supposed to be correct. Now, would but, you call your mom on Valentine's Day? I wasn't planning on it, should I? <laughs> I called my mom on Valentine's really? Day. Your mother's your first Valentine, dude. Okay. When you're a little Adam Ronis at five years old, who's your Valentine? I had some, I had some girls <laughs> in school at five. <laughs> hey, guys, do you want to jump in here for a second? Talk yeah, about sure. Let's go, Chris. Valentine's Day. Yeah, Save Chris, jump in. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, like, normally I do like Valentine's Day. I like all holidays, you know, for one reason or another. You know, I like the idea of being special with, uh, you know, someone you love. Um, 
But I have to say you guys are absolutely right when it comes to commercialism, especially when it comes to flowers. Um, my flowers that I sent to my fiance. And I tried to do something special because we're getting married in Tennessee. I By got the way, the congrats flower. on that. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. When, when, is that, when is the blessed event? That's going to be in May. Uh, so okay. that's a couple months from now. Um, but I decided to get her um, from, what, from, from uh, a, a certain company, a website. website uh, I wanted to get the iris, uh, irises, like a bouquet of irises, because that is the state flower of Tennessee. Ooh, she got okay. them today. She said they're beautiful, but there's a slight problem. They're all wilted. Oh no! So you spent all that money for wilted flowers, dude? I do you know? I am so pissed about that. Of all the things I could be pissed off about, is that they just got they came wilted. Yeah, no, he's right about that. You know when yeah. you order mail order or something like that, and it doesn't come the way you expect. There's nothing worse than that. <laughs> Who do you yell yell at? Right, because you look bad now. There's obviously so many sites that promote and go out there, and I've been fortunate. Everything. For all the, the limited Valentine's Day, I've actually sent flowers because, you know, it's not every year because uh, there have been many years where I was single. But for the most part, they've come and looked good. There was one time there was a problem with delivery, but I went and looked at some of the reviews. They are yeah. awful for some of these mainstream. So I did a local florist this time. I told you, local florist, we talked about that yesterday, much better. But you know what? I had a bad disaster at the NFLshop.com. I, I ordered a Deshaun Watson jersey. They sent they me a Deshaun Francisco. Jackson. They said no. I, they sent me a San Francisco 49er T-shirt. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, this does not they look said, like Deshaun hey, Watson. Maybe, maybe he won't notice. Let's just do this and see if we can save some money. I would take Deshaun Jackson. At least they would have got the Deshaun right. That is true. Like, hey, look, kid. I know I said Deshaun Watson, but hey, they got the same first name. Just exactly. You were close. <laughs> And then you write a letter, Dear Deshaun, change your last name to Jackson, please. My son would appreciate it. Local florists. And, and Bavona, when, I'm telling you, Ronis is right. Spend the extra $5, go to a local florist, and you can basically tell them to what you want to pick out, and they'll pick it out for you, and they'll make sure it's nice. I know. It's just that I did. I actually got these flowers like a few weeks before, uh, prior to this, and I'm thinking, like, you know what? I got a few weeks here. I don't have to worry about it. Can I give you a great gift that I've done in the past? Okay. Vermont teddy bear. I've, yeah, I've heard about it. I've never. It's never not used cheap, it. but it's a gift that lasts forever because that teddy bear is like, you know, they love it. it that that won't happen to me because it. I have a dog that'll rip it up. Oh, okay. yeah. That's true. You got to be careful with that. <laughs> that's true. But that was a good gift I did, Ronus. The Vermont teddy bear? Yeah, it was good. Is it still uh, there? It's somewhere, but yeah. It's, it's somewhere. It's, it's, it's somewhere around. It's buried at the bottom of the closet somewhere. <laughs> like but it's I still, am it's sometimes still breathing. Too. <laughs> yeah. It's still like breathing. Me too. Exactly. I'm buried at the bottom of the closet too sometimes. But uh, no, I think, I think, you know, Valentine's Day is a special day, but I'm with you. I think that, you know, when I go into Hallmark, do you know how much cards are? It's like seven, eight dollars, eight ninety nine for a card these days. That's the thing is that all, for everything, the prices get jacked up for Valentine's Day because they know people have to buy it. You know, it's supply and demand, like anything. You know this, like anytime there's a big sporting event, the hotels in the area go up because people have to be there. So it's the same thing with Valentine's Day. I mean, price flowers now and what they are in a regular day of the year, and it's a, a stark contrast to what you're paying. Do you know down here when there's hurricanes, if there's if you know people are can't find places to live, hotels can get in trouble for jacking up the prices too much. And that should having. be the case. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, in that, they're, they know that's a possibility, so they have that plan in place. But it's not that way for other events. I mean, it's the same thing like the movies. <laughs> Look how I, – I, I haven't even 
I was saying this the other day. So I've been in Jersey now two and a half years. I haven't been to one movie theater in New Jersey yet. Why? <laughs> uh, I'm not a big – I love movies. I just feel like there's never anything great out that I go, I want to go see that. Like I to, do want to see the new oh, – Bavona, you're a wrestling guy, right? Do you want to see the, the new friend uh, fighting with family or something like that? I guess you he doesn't. He stepped away. You know what I'm talking about? The, uh, the, what is it it's called? A movie. It's fighting with family, and it's about a girl and a, a, a brother and sister who end up joining the WWE. I haven't seen it. I mean, I'm a wrestling guy, so, but I'm, yeah. I want to see it. If it gets your reviews, I want to see that. Right I mean, I've been to the movie theater in that time. It just was like Bronx, Manhattan. I just haven't been to the, I usually, on average, I go to the movies once a year. You know, I don't, it's hard because I, I don't, can't go during football season, obviously. Right. During so football mo- season, we don't do anything except watch football, right? <laughs> two shows, true. right? It's, it's, it's true. crazy. It's true. So I will only go to the movies between February and August. So usually in the summer, like in May, June, when the kids are off, we'll go maybe once a month, once or twice a month if we're lucky. Uh, four okay. people down yeah, here, we, 30, 36 bucks, to see, four people. For, oh, that's it? Two adults, two kids. Pretty good, right? Oh, yeah. I was going to say up here, that's going to cost you probably like uh, 55, 60. I know. You got to move back down Florida, Ronald. And then, then you know, if you're, you're buying food there too, it's like, oh, know, yeah. No, that's they, the rule. There's that's, eat before you go, dude. Of course. <laughs> yeah. and, but they know that people are going to buy products and that's why they could charge so much. Same thing with concession at, at ballparks. It's, it's crazy. No, the ballparks is out of control. That's, that's crazy. I mean, movie is bad. The ballparks are insanity. I mean, Madison Square Garden, you need to take a bank loan before you go there. Oh, of course. If you have a chase card, though, I think you get like a certain percent off. It still feels like you got taken anyway. But yeah, Yan- Yankee Stadium is a ripoff. Yeah. I mean, what, $5 a bottle of water, 6 bucks? It's crazy. That's, well, you know the worst one is the U.S. Open. I know you're not a tennis guy. Oh, Go yeah. The US you Open. Ah, uh, yeah. I went. I actually went once, and I actually enjoyed it because I knew someone who worked there, so she had got me some tickets and uh, actually uh, had a pretty good time. It was the fun. Night se- the night session is great. When it's oh, a nice no. night. I went in the day. It was hot as hell. Oh, no. Do me a favor. The next time, go at night. There's a lot of hot women in the, in the stands. And it's, it's, if it's a good match. People get into it. And it's, it's great. The night is better than the day. I went with my friend and his son. And his son was complaining. Because I forgot how really old he was hot. at the time. It's and hot. I was like, oh, man. For real? We got to leave? You know how hot it is there? It could be like 110 degrees. No, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially uh, open, the sun, August, the humidity. Absolutely. Now, in May, do you want to crash Bavona's wedding in Nashville? Uh, yeah, I've never been in Nashville, and I heard oh, it's pretty dude, cool. It's, so. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, Wait, it's, is Chris, yeah. I, I want, why is this wedding in uh, Nashville? That's where she's from. Is that why? I don't know. Seems like we'll a... have to ask him during the break. Family is, uh, her family's from Kentucky and Ohio, and um, it was just a little bit easier to have, like, I think she's going to have, like, a, over 100-some-odd people from her family come to the wedding, and then, like, I'm only going to have, like... I'm not going to have a lot of my family there, um, especially for the fact that my other cousin is getting married in California. So half my family's going to that wedding. Chris, so basically you... she's in charge is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Chris, did you hear me? I asked about the, the new wrestling movie. You're going to see I, that one? You know what? I did. I, I thought you were asking Adam that. Um, I might see it, but I'm not a, one, I'm not a big wrestling guy. I do like are. the guy Nick Frost, though, uh, because he, he did all the movies like Shaun of the Dead and uh, Hot Fuzz with Simon Pegg. So I always love him. He's hysterical. So I, wanna, I, I might be intrigued, but, again, prices for movies are ridiculous. Did I ever tell you what we did for our wedding, Ronus? We actually got married in Florida. 
because both our grandmothers were still alive at the time mm -hmm. and they both couldn't fly anywhere. So we actually had to do it down here. And we had a very small wedding at the time, probably the smartest thing we ever did because you didn't piss money away on a, on a crazy expensive wedding. Right. So you guys, it was uh, affordable then? Yeah. I mean, all weddings are expensive, right? Between everything, between the DJ I think we had like somewhere around 80, maybe we had 80 people. It was something very small. But the reason we did it was because my grandma was like 86 and her grandma was like 93. There's no way those women were getting on planes. Right. And we wanted them to be there, right? So I don't know. I think, look, I, I think it's romantic that Bavona's going to, to Nashville. It's a great city, dude. You've been there, right? Yeah. It's yeah, I've been happened. there. It's awesome. so awesome. I could move there tomorrow. Really? Buy Mrs. Roto. I mean, so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is it affordable? <laughs> yeah, but it's like so much fun because it's a good food scene, great music scene, great bar scene. Like if you can't have fun in Nashville, you suck as a human being. Okay, yeah, no, I've heard positive things about it. It's so funny, though. Like, a lot of people will say, this place is great, this place is great, and then you have to think, would you want to live there? You know, because it's always fun when you go, like, once in a while. Well, they, know, have like a, they have a stadium, like, right in the middle of town, like Bridgestone Stadium, where the Predators play. It's mm -hmm. smack in the middle of town, which is kind of cool, and people get together. But it's a very music, it's a, it's a music city. I know you're not a country music dude, but it's... I love country music. What are you talking about? Yeah, which country? <laughs> 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 not, not America, but you know it's a it's a big music city, but it's not only country music. I, I mean, it's a it's a rock it's it's rock it's everything. It's, it's a really good city. Okay, I gotta I gotta get go there this summer. Uh, might have a I have other destinations that are higher, but I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> if Crash you end up wedding. not going to the higher ones, wait, when is your wedding again, Chris? It's uh, the weekend after Mother's Day. Perfect, perfect timing for us, Ronis. Yeah, right before it starts to really get busy. Okay. See, wedding crashers? I mean, wedding Let's crashers, go. Ronus and uh, uh, visionary style? <laughs> <laughs> and a bonus from Ronus? I think it'd be perfect. That could work out. Yeah. Chris, we will, do, we will give the toast at your wedding. I love it. I, I already love it. I already, I, I'm, I'm picturing it, and I'm going to love it. <laughs> exactly. We'll, we'll keep it clean. We'll keep it fun. People will like it. it it'll be a good time. All right. Anything else more to say about Valentine's Day, Ronus? Uh, happy Valentine's Day out there. Enjoy the day because uh, you might be single soon. Yeah, where's this? Why is just being so depressing there, Adam? I'm just telling you the truth. I just because no, here's the thing. <laughs> you talk there's, to me. What, no, there's a lot of there's there. a lot of people out there that basically fake their happiness and put all these pictures of couples and how everything's great. Right. And I really let's be honest, okay. Yeah. If you have to advertise how cool your, your, your girlfriend is on Facebook, right. maybe like, you're, she's not that come cool. Come on, man. Right. Like, right. I honestly try to never put anything up. First of all, I just think it's my personal life. It's my business. You know what I mean? Right. right. Um, and I've always been that way. And I've been for, I guess not for, uh, I mean, I, a lot of the, actually, a lot of the girls that I've dated are not big into social media either. But some are. Some put their whole oh, life on a social media. Oh, it's it's disgusting. I don't right. need to know what you ate for breakfast. You know, and <laughs> you know people put like their entire meals there all, all day long like and what they do. Why are you documenting your whole life for? I mean, and some people, oh, I'm on vacation. I'm away for a week. Thanks. Now I'm going to rob your house. I mean, <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> Only you would think that way. About this. <laughs> I do. I look, I'm a little deviant. Not that, rob I've, your not, house when you're not that I've robbed okay. anyone's house. I'm just saying, though, but like, why give people so much information? There's no, no need no, for it. No, no, it's true. You know, the only fight Mrs. Roden and I have about that is sometimes I'll take a cue. So I'm, at, I'm in Asheville, North Carolina, and I'm at Sierra Nevada Brewery Company. And I offer 
my son, Little Roto, a, a, a beer. Well, you should have seen his face when he drinks the beer. It is the funniest picture I've ever taken. And I wanted to post it on Facebook. And my wife would not let me. She's like, you can't do that. Don't put that out there. I'm like, but it's funny. But she goes, it's personal. Don't put it out there. And yeah. So I, so I didn't. And, and it's worse with the kids. Uh, I remember my ex's son. He was like, I don't know, 17 at the time. And he put a picture on his profile of him in a Hennessy bottle. <laughs> his mom would have beat the crap out of him. So I said, right. look, man. I understand. You're not going to listen to me. I'm an adult. I've been there. I did that. I was drinking when I was 15. Not excessively, but, you know, I got started young. So I understand. But take that down, man. What are you showing off for? You shouldn't be doing this, Well, man. employers employers look at that stuff, right? You, I mean, colleges, employers, you got you to gotta keep your social media clean. Yeah. I mean, and people just, yeah, I don't know. I just think a lot of times people do that to kind of say, justify to themselves, yeah, I'm happy, but they're really not. What were you drinking at 15 years? Uh, beer, uh, <laughs> old English, cold 45 40s. And, uh, cold 45 yeah, 40s? Man. Yeah, man. Oh, romance. Growing Dude, up gotta... in New York, baby, in Queens. Uh, that's what happened. I grew up in New York, too. I didn't drink cold 45 40s. <laughs> we hung out with different crowds, my I man. Think we did. <laughs> All right, back with Rudy Campbell right after this. Fantasy. There are other guys I'd rather have. We mentioned Castellanos. I'd much rather have the safety in that bat, and that's going a full three to four rounds after Tommy Pham. More questions than guarantees for me with Pham, and that's what worries me. Yeah, and I can't knock you for that either. Look, he's a real interesting case. He's a 30-year-old guy who was kind of a late bloomer with the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals are always able to find these random journeyman guys that have been in their minor leagues, and then they come up, and they end up being awesome. Tommy Pham, just another one of these players. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. DailyRoboto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoboto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, we're back. Riscal Fantasy Sports. Dr. Roto here with Adam Ronas. And we're just lamenting the old times here with Ronas and myself. But now we have our friend 
from Razzball.com. And if you don't know the site, it's one of my favorites for fantasy baseball. Check it out, Razzball.com. And one of the men in charge is Rudy Gamble, who was in the labor draft the other night. What's up, Rudy? What is up? And you are Adam Ronis's arch enemy in tout. Is it that true? Is it tout that you're that you either you or Ronis have won the last three years? Four. Four. Ooh. Yeah, I'd say I think it's better as you know, because I, I, we get along. So I'd say it's more like we're like Federer and Nadal. Okay. Yeah, we do get um, along. I, I, I think we respect each other too, and we each know. Yeah. We each know. Okay. We're going to really have our work cut out trying to knock the other one off. Because, Rudy, last year, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you dominated most of the year. And I actually tied you on the final Friday going into the weekend. And I thought I had a shot. Uh, and then, obviously, on Sunday, you pulled away. But uh, you had a lead most of the year pretty comfortable, right? I think so, yeah. It, it was. Uh, it reminded me of, yeah, this was the first time I actually, because I finished second to you twice on real, real close ones. In 2017, I ran away. And then this was, if I lost again to you, that would have been like, I would have felt like one of those unclutch uh, athletes. Like, oh, I can't win the big one. No, like that, because uh, I, most of the year I was like, yeah, it's going to be tough for me to win. But like I've always preached to everyone, you just don't give up. You keep going at it. I think I might have been eighth, ninth, midway through the year. And I said, I see some things here that could turn around and just kept working at it. And. I saw the momentum getting in September. I was like, wow, you know what? I have a shot. I need a lot of things to break right. And then once we tied that Friday, I was like, wow, this is insane. And uh, unfortunately, I needed more than two days. But uh, it's always fun competing against you. Because, so is it two championships each? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I, have, I have two firsts and two seconds. And Adam has two firsts, a second, and, and like a, a fourth or fifth. Yeah. Yeah. So. You really sucked that year. Yeah, I know. That was brutal. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened, man. <laughs> but, but, and also last year you had like 120 points, which wins almost every other year. So. That's true. Yeah. You, I didn't even realize that you pointed out we, we were having a, a DM discussion and you were like, uh, you know, you had like 120 and that would win almost any other year. I'm like, well, okay. It doesn't make me feel better, but okay, fine. We both had great years. You just had a, yours was a little bit better and you have the championship. That's so true. Talk- I get a sandwich. <laughs> well, yeah, speaking of that, what is your sandwich this year at Tout? I'm still waiting, but but they have like a Juicy Lucy on the menu, so I'm thinking a Rudy, Ju- a Rudy Judy Lucy would okay. make uh, make sense. Do you even know what the sandwich is, or you don't even care because the name is appropriate? Oh, oh, you don't know what a Juicy Lucy is? No. Oh, they, uh, it's, it's where you, you stuff a burger. Yeah, you stuff a burger with like cheese, so it's like yeah. molten coming out. It's great. Oh, okay. When you bite well, into it, it's like juices all over there. Yeah, I'm yeah trying I think to it's keep, a Midwest thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm trying to keep my heart intact, so that's probably why I'm not aware of it that <laughs> You're much. You're better off. Right? <laughs> I know <laughs> Doc's really not, not going to no, eat that. No, no, I'm not. Rudy's in Texas. They don't know. You, they eat steers in Texas, You know, literally whole steers. <laughs> they have deep-fried Oreos at the, the state I, fair. Oh, those are I good. Know. I just Dude, can't Dude, you ever watch that like, Carnival Eat show on the Food Network? You know what they put? Have you ever seen that, Rudy? They eat some crazy stuff at those places. Yeah, I mean, I haven't yet. To, I've yet to go to that kind of carnival and that that spot, but it's known for like fried whatever. You have triplets, aren't you? Going to go to these things? I have. I don't have triplets. I have twins and another daughter and an older daughter. Oh, okay. Are you done? Oh yeah. I oh, that was like you... that was like that was like a, a few weeks after the the twins <laughs> came out. It was like my wife tapped my my yeah like yeah I I got to go in in the stirrups for a check. Oh, there you and, go. Uh, now, what what are you doing for Valentine's Day, by the way? Uh, I think we're laying low. I mean, I already got, I already surprised her yesterday with like flowers and uh, and candy, and I got a, a concert ticket. So oh. I've done kind of my 
job, but we're not going to pay the the extra costs for. And babysitters make date nights so ridiculously cost prohibitive. Think about that, Ronis. A good thing you don't. There's no babysitter involved. You might be paying like eighty five bucks for two hours. I know, man. Jeez, life is expensive, man. I don't know, man. Babysitters were cheap when we were kids. And all of a sudden, the they're getting like fifteen bucks an hour, fifteen to twenty yeah, bucks an hour. By it us. is. It's just fifty bucks an hour. It's crazy. It's like the kids are sleeping at some point. That should, it should scale down. So you're saying that if this fantasy doesn't thing doesn't work for me, I become a babysitter? You'd be a man. I think I, I I think that's what that that's what people should do. Be like you know I'm a fa- you know take your your low paid uh, a low paid gig. Oh, I'm a fantasy analyst slash uh, comedian slash. Babysitter. Well, I will say this. I don't know if you guys saw this, but managers at In-N-Out Burger make 160 k a year. What? Yes. That, so that's what I might do. Bye-bye. Got to go. <laughs> <laughs> those, things, those things make money. Who knew? All right. Speaking of making money, there's no money in labor, Rudy, but there is a baseball league to win. So looking back on the draft, um, I mean, we'll break down your team, but on a whole, you happy? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, the draft went about as planned. I think uh, I'm a little pitcher-heavy on my investment. So, yeah, there's there's a pick I'd like to do over. But otherwise, yeah, I'm qu- quite happy with uh, the way it turned out. Which was the pick you would like to do over? Uh, I, I would like Rosario at pick seven over Vasquez, and then instead of Robbie Ray taking uh, a reliever there. If it's Vasquez, fine. If not... I would have been fine with Yates or Leclerc, but Vasquez. I'm a big Vasquez fan, so it it. Uh, I didn't think he'd be there. It threw me off a bit, and then uh, I mean, if Rosario makes it to eight, then it's everything's golden. But he got he got sniped on the turn, so so that base taking Robbie Ray there kind of made my team a little pitcher heavy because once what ends up happening, like as you as the draft went on, I'm like. All these offensive guys just bore me, um, and I like the pitcher values. And so I did things like you know punted first base to like pick twenty one uh, because I couldn't really. There was no real difference to me between taking a Zimmerman and a Tyler White. So at a certain point, I kind of sealed my fate on a little bit of a pitcher heavy team. And then once you start doing that, there's you know on the outfield you maybe take a little bit of chances. You know with an Austin Meadows where. So yeah, I look at my team. I'm like, I don't really. I really need a third outfielder. I have a Stanton and Robles. Um, a Rosario would fit really nicely there, or or a Hicks. He would. He would. He that was. Uh, looking back, I probably instead of Robbie Ray. You know, once I lost Rosario, I should have just taken Hicks. So I, that was definitely when you made that pick. I was like, ah, if he came back at pick nine, I would have cor- been able to correct. But say, let me. It's, it's interesting, and, and I don't want to disparage people, but hey, it's a radio show, so here I go. I thought you were in a great drafting spot. You had the Roto lady on one side who's very unpredictable, right, because she likes who she likes. And then on the other side of you, you have two maybe not, not as strong players. I, I'm not trying to say that to be mean. I'm just saying I thought you were in a very good spot where was there, was there ever a time where you didn't get a player you want outside of that one, one thing? Because I, I, like That's I said— it. Yeah, that's Literally, it, right? Just that was. I'm, I'm looking at the list now. I mean, partially, I'm drafting to try to avoid that. I, I mean, now I look at. It, I'm like, oh, it was pretty clear that they were a little weak on outfielders. Um, so it made perfect sense that, that 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 was dopey of me. Um, otherwise, no, I didn't get. I didn't get. I, you know, whenever I got sniped, it'd be like. I feel like you. You had a few guys. Hicks 
Dickerson, um, Bowers were all guys that I probably would have drafted if they got to me. But you can't really get upset when it's at the other end. Right, right. That's I mean, true. those are – but I think, yeah, it was – yeah, each of those, I thought you made a good picks. But by me, no. And, I mean, I would have thought by, you know, maybe like, you know, Gardner would have sniped me a bit. But I think we're just um, – our you know, we're well uh, – we were misaligned. Like whatever he wanted, something I was looking at something else. So it worked out well. You had picked twelve overall in this draft. Was your plan going in? I mean, you probably mapped it out. And did you figure Jacob Degrom would be there, and that was your target, or were you intent on starting with a bat? And just as the draft progressed, you didn't really like the bats and thought Degrom was the best choice. It was. I, I pretty much assumed two outcomes with, with and without Degrom. I wasn't going to take Sale. Um, the, the elbow, you know, the velocity thing at the end just was just enough to scare me. I don't think it's a bad pick. I just wasn't going to do it. I mean, I was, but I didn't. I, if Turner fell, I would have taken him. Um, I probably would have taken Degrom over Lindor, um, but Turner looked like there was a chance of him falling. That would have been interesting. Um, and then, um, then yeah, because I had done one where I was drafting like a, thir- a pitcher at the third or fourth round, and then waiting till the ninth or tenth round for my second. So I kind of ended up mashing those two together, take a first starter, and then wait as long as possible. Um, but then really hammer away around picks eight to twelve or eight to thirteen or so, where there was just a couple pitchers I liked, and if they were on the board, I wanted to grab them. Talking to Rudy Gamble from Razball.com. Rudy, in the first six rounds, you took two, we'll call them rookies, but very young players, Adalberto Mondesi and Victor Robles, two guys with enormous ceilings. But, I mean, what's their floors, and what are you counting on from these two guys? Yeah, I'm not, you know, I think with speed, you're, ta- you're, you're not getting speed without a price. And the price is either you're going to lose on power or, and or average, and there's you know, several cases of that. Um, you know, in this case, I'm taking a little bit of risk. I mean, Mondesi's also a bit weak on average, but I think both those guys, I feel pretty confident in like a 10 to 20 homer range. If, Mon- if Mondesi really goes off, great. But I think I'm not looking at Malik Smith-like power or D. Gordon power there. Um, and I think and Robles actually is pretty strong on average. He doesn't K a ton. Um, so I'm not, I, I, and with his speed, I, I feel like he's got a pretty good average floor. Mondesi, yeah. I, um, I think Mondesi's floor, you're looking at like a 230, 15, 35 season, you know, 35 stolen bases. Um, I just, I didn't, I, I, at that pick, the value was really good. I couldn't justify going for Segura there, especially because I knew I'd be able to get, I felt very confident getting Dan Murphy on the third, on the my fifth pick. And when you look at kind of those picks, you could see that, you know, I'm um, ameliorating average issues with Mondesi and a little bit with Stanton with Rendon and Murphy. So, yeah, I, I, I like that. that, Yeah. I like to have a few plays that um, you might say are sexy, but just I'd say at least high upside plays. Um, And I was in a good spot in the draft for both of those guys. I feel like they would have gone very soon after if I didn't take them. You mentioned that you regret the Robbie Ray pick uh, just because you felt like it could have worked out better. But Ray has been all over the map. We know the strikeouts are there, uh, but last year the walks were up again. He gets hit hard. I mean, can can he get back to where he was a couple years ago? 
I mean, there that that's I'm banking that that's a a, a, pos, a possible outcome and ideally a probable one. Um, I, I think it it is beneficial that now Arizona is at best a neutral stadium. You know, we could it's no longer the the offensive heavy and uh, the case stuff is there. So he, he never yeah you know, he didn't lose velocity. So yeah, the hope is he had control in the past. Maybe he finds that. Um, I don't think it's going to change the fact that when he gets hit, it gets goes far. But you know, you look at that end of the draft. I think guys like Ryan Archer are kind of what you're ending up with. If you're going to get a guy that's a decent durability, you're getting a guy that either has bad control or bad BABIP and homer rates or you know something along those lines. So. Or you're, or you're taking, you know, I mean, guys that went around there like Morton and Leclerc, uh, Morton and Tanaka, where I think you've got other durability issues. So there's going to be a wart. I'll bank on the guy that I think can get like 10K per nine. I know your site very well, and I know you guys have a, a, a certain man crush on Ronet Odor. He's never seemed to be able to put it all together. He's got the power, he's got the speed, but we can't see the averages. But if he, if he does put it together, he's honestly a third-round pick. Where do you yeah, think Odor ends up at the end of this year? It's funny. I mean, I think, I want to say 2017, I took him third in this draft. And I think last year I got him again at like in the sixth round. So he keeps getting cheaper every year, but he ends up on my team. Um, I don't think he, I think his, his ceiling for next year would be end of, in the, the end of the third round. I don't think he, I don't think he, he has the skills to crack the top 30 because I think to do that, you're going to need, um, I mean, look at the top 30. It's like, there's just some studs there, guys that are like 35 homer. So if he could, if he somehow could tap into power, like Jose Ramirez, that's what he would need. He needs to show that he's a, a, a legit 30, possible 40 homer guy. Cause it's not going to come from speed and it's not going to come from average. So he and he, he has the potential. It's hard to argue that Jose Ramirez uh, or Lindor, for that matter, are more powerful than Odor. And he's got tech, and he gets to play in a pretty good stadium. So there's potential. Um, but I like his, I think he's got a strong floor. He had a nice second half last year. Um, and yeah, you got to get a little bit of speed and power at that part of the draft is pretty nice. Took Nick Senzel in round 15. What do you think his role will be? Will he start the year with the team? Or is this, uh, I know they have that labor rule that about players being called up. Was that uh, what you did here? Is that you just wanted him on the roster knowing that he'll probably get called up at some point? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see it. I mean, if you wanted, if I wanted Senzel, I needed to take him around then. Um, and, yeah, I mean, after him, I took a couple of outfielders, Gritchick, Kiermaier, Frazier. So I knew there was outfielders to take. Um, but I think there's a good chance he starts the season as their center fielder. Um, I don't think they're going to make him wait, but if they do, you know, that, you know, maybe I have to look toward, you know, that he loses some of April, but I mean, I see him as just a, a, a high quality bat, um, and someone that, you know, next year might be like a top eight round pick. Um, so I'll take the discount there. You know, I don't want two of those guys. I mean, although I guess Meadows isn't that far from it. Um, so I, I don't like to load up on those guys, but I do like uh, I do like to roll the dice around there. Last year it was with Willie Calhoun, so that didn't work out so well. I did yeah, it didn't work years. for me and Tout either. 
Beverly I took Acuna in the seventh. Yeah, I took Acuna in the seventh though in this league last year, so that 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 definitely helped contribute to like a high third place. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's worth well, going dice. I mean, when you look at some of the, I mean, like, but uh, you know, Roto took Bowers, which I think, you know, a safer play in terms of playing time, and he has the first base outfield eligibility. You know, Senzel probably have third base outfield. So, yeah, I think around then I'd rather roll the dice there than trying to look at some of the guys there. Like, yeah, there's just some. Yeah, to me, like the outfielder there. I mean, like a Jackie Bradley Jr. is not bad, but, but I'm, I'm. I think I like I like the I like going for an upside play in that area of the draft. All right, Rudy. Before we let you go, because we have literally have less than a minute, have you ever won this league? No, I'm right now I'm at uh last two years have been fourth and third. So uh, I've been second. knocking on the door. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be that painful, but you know, that doesn't usually work. I mean it took me two tries to get second and tout before I finished first. So um it's it's always just one it's just you know, it really comes down to one player. Last year was Darvish in the fourth round instead of Nola. And that, that I mean that 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 alone was probably Potentially a twenty-point swing between me and uh, and DVR, uh, yeah. who had hit, you know, who got no later in the fifth. <laughs> I got a big bagel from Darvish, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm close. We'll see. I, I feel pretty good on this one, and I like your team as well. Yours was definitely when I looked at the standings. Yours was, you know, in the top three or four. Um, so, I yeah, I think Rose yeah, didn't like it, but I trust you more anyway. I never said I didn't like it. I no. trust Rudy more than you. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Rudy Gamble from Razzball. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. All right, we're back. We're going to talk a little bit more fantasy baseball. We'll talk about how much better Rudy Gamble is than Adam Ronas. Little things like that when Scout Fantasy Sports returns right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech Floor Liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Keith Irizarry is calling the shots. For all 
that Flacco is, and and he is an extremely average QB in the NFL. He's on the back nine. He might even be on the back, like, you know, two or three (laughs) of his NFL career. But don't hate on him for the money thing. That's the thing I kept hearing today from people. Oh, he's made so much money. He never deserved it. Shut up. Weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. One. One, two. All right. Love that music. The Rocky music. The DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulator, outright and top 20 marketing betting tools, head to head and three ball betting tools, PGA Pro tips, subscriber chat, and more. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, choose golf. And enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's dailyroto.com. Click on Go Premium. Click on Golf and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. Ronus, I meant to talk to you about golf. I don't know whether you heard any of this. So this was pretty big. So Matt Kuchar, I'm sure you don't know that name. but Matt I know Kuchar's, who he is. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, okay. I know a lot of golfers' names. I just don't know like how they're good. Remember, we used to do guy. I used to do the yeah, golf segments, true, and I'd have true. to look you, stuff you up. You picked everybody named Adam. That was your thing, right? Adam Scott is a hell of a golfer. How's he doing <laughs> this year, by the way? He's still doing it right. Adam Hadwin, Adam Scott. You had the all-Adam team. So Matt Kuchar goes to, um, I think, he, with, the, with the tournament that he wins, and he wins $1.296 million. But his regular caddy wasn't there. So what happened was he used a local caddy, named uh, David Gerald Ortiz, and he pays him $5,000 for winning. Now, normally, though, when these guys win, they, pay, they tip their caddy out way more, right? So right now, the guy's angry, right? The guy thinks like, hey, I will, I, the, my guy won, right? You should be paying me more. So Kuchar supposedly, through his agent, offers the guy another $15,000 for, for, for a total of twenty. And the guy's like, no way, I'm pissed off. Keep your money. So if you're Matt Kuchar and you just won 1.3 mil, would you give the guy 50K or would you hold your ground and not? Nah, yeah, I think if that's the going rate, yeah, I'd give it to him. Right? I think it makes him look cheap and bad. Just pay the guy. Yeah, no, it is a bad look for sure. I mean, it should never even have gotten to this. You know, you have to do what is right and... The guy was part of a winning team. Give him his due. I know he's not the your regular, but still, right? Like now, if Matt came in forty eighth, well, then he would have just gotten the three thousand or five thousand, whatever it is, whatever it is agreed upon. But when you win, you know these guys, it, it means a lot because when, like in boxing, when your guy wins, or or in horse racing, when the tra- when the when the horse wins, the trainer, the jockey, everybody makes a lot of money. That's how these guys get paid, runners. No, I, it makes sense. So it, yeah, it's. Not a good look, especially now it gets out there, too. Yeah, exactly. I Just pay the guy and be done with it. All right, so we were talking with Rudy Gamble last segment. And, you know, he, like I said in the break, he's a very thoughtful rotisserie player. Do you think most people don't think about their roster construction prior to the draft? Do you think they just wing it? Yes, I do. And I think that's really where people fall short again we have a lot of smart people you can hear them break down players and it's really good 
but that's only part of it. You know, this is not like football where the roster construction is really not as important because you don't have as many positions. You know, you're really piling up running backs and receivers early on. Okay, where do I take my tight end? We're all waiting on quarterbacks from kicker's defense last round. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's really just identifying the talent. Here, it's not only identifying the talent, it's also uh, fitting the pieces together. And, you know, you could tell when he's putting his team together that there is a plan here in place and how the pieces weave together. And, and that's what I like to look at when I'm looking at people's rosters. Okay, what are they doing here? Is there a plan? Are they looking for balance? And, you know, obviously, Rudy's track record speaks for itself. And I know I played in leagues with him. And, uh, you know, he, he did a good job of that here as well. And, uh, you know, it, he admitted he made a mistake too. I think we all do. I think we all at least look back and have that one or two picks that we go, oh, should have did this, should have did that. And, you know, he said that when in Rob, with Robbie Ray in round eight, that he, he should have went in a different direction. Because you could see he hammered pitching in rounds 10 through 14. No, he did. Yeah. he did. And I, look, I, I liked Andrew Heaney. I liked Joey Lucchesi. I thought he had a couple of guys there who were, I'm not a big Cole Hamels guy, but I, I like Heaney and Lucchesi a lot. No, I like Hamels too. Uh, he, he really pitched better when he went to the Cubs. He regained the velocity. Leaving Texas was big. Uh, so I actually like that. I've actually taken Hamels on a couple drafts already. So now I'm like, great. Now I have to beware that. Uh, Do you like Cody Allen though? I don't like Cody no, Allen. No, I don't. Uh, here's the thing with Cody Allen is <laughs> he has the job. Uh, and that's his second closer. He got Vasquez. And my guess in his mind was, okay, well, Cody Allen has experience as a closer. He has a long leash. Um, but, man, he is uh, really – that second half last year was very, very worse, worrisome for me. He's a fly ball pitcher. And, look, relievers are fickle. They really – you know, from year to year they change. Uh, but uh, I think there were definitely some concerns with what I saw out of Cody Allen last year. I thought the best pick in Rudy's draft, if you really think about it, was Ty Butry at the end of the draft to cover the Cody Allen pick. That was very smart. The problem is that could be a guy that he cuts immediately. If he right. has to make a waiver wire pickup, because we know there will be in week one, there will be somebody that you try and pick up, and uh, that could be one of his first cuts, potentially. It's potentially, but if I'm him, man, I try to hold on to that as long as I can. I, I probably, I mean, I probably will cut him, but I, I don't want to cut him. I, I'm drafting him with the intention to hold him because I've got to think at some point Cody Allen. Is a dog, just like I thought last year with Shane Green. I was wrong with Joe Jimenez, but one year I'll be right because Shane Green's terrible. Uh yeah, I've had uh, I had Jimenez quite a bit last year. I think there might have been one league where I picked him up three or four times. I just kept adding and dropping. I'm like, okay, now it's got to happen. Oh, the trade deadline's around the corner. Okay, it's going to be him. Oh no. Uh, with Cody Allen, though, my guess is he probably gets a long leash uh, because of the experience, and they really don't have many arms behind them that have that experience and yeah the numbers were pretty bad last year the strikeout rate declined by five percent the walk rate went up like over four percent and he gave up so many home runs so there's definitely concerns uh, about Cody Allen the velocity was down on his fastball about a mile per hour same thing with the curve so we'll see maybe he was pitching through an injury and we don't know so that's certainly a possibility but he is uh, someone to keep a close eye on early on to see especially in the spring too if he can regain some of that velocity and look better so, by the way, if you want to check out our rankings, you go to scoutfantasysports.com, enter the promo code BATS50. That's BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months, and you get my rankings. You get Sean Child's rankings, and you get the famous Adam Ronas rankings. Hot off the press, Ronas. Your rankings are, are in fuego. 
Yes, uh, final, it took me uh, a few days to go through it. It's the preliminary ranking. Obviously, uh, there'll be changes as we go along and tend to update them every day, especially in the spring once games very, get started. You're very good with that. You really are. Yeah, no, I try to, to stay on top of it because, um, you know, everyone has drafts at different times and uh, trying to give everyone the latest updates and, you know, players are going to move up and down the draft board and, you know, especially as I continue to do more research and, you know, see some things and, and roles uh, and how they change. Uh, it's very fluid right now. So question for you, be honest or lie to me, whichever one you want. When you do your rankings, I know you see mine and Sean's right near yours. Do you ever look at our rankings or do you just focus 100% on yours? Nah, just look at mine. I mean, look, I respect Sean and you guys. And, you know, Sean's won a lot of money in the high-stakes leagues. And there's always things. And you, you, you see it, too. Like, there's sometimes I'm like, well, why is he ranking this guy well, so high? Harvey, number 10? Yeah. yeah. And, look, that was one that stood out and it didn't work. But at the same time, you know, he was he – was, very and like the waiver wire almost every week he kept talking up Mondesi as a guy to stash and if you listen to him that worked out big time that could have won you a league because Mondesi's speed was a difference maker down the stretch and he was talking up Tyler Glass now as well and once he went to Tampa so um that's why it pays to be a member because you get the viewpoints of three different people who have had a lot of success so uh that's what's so great about our draft kit is you know you're gonna get an edge somewhere Right. I, I agree with that. I'll be honest with you. When I do my rankings, though, I'll put it down and I'll go, all right, I like this guy eighth, but I'll go, Ronus likes him 13th and Sean likes him 15th. Am I off there? Now, I don't usually change him, but I do like to see whether or not I feel we're close. You yeah, know, like no, a check. A, yeah it's, it's good to get a gauge. Um, there, there was a few players that I was way different on than Sean. So, um, and I know he's still kind of combing through every team. He's in the NL Central right now, so he's almost done. He's almost done with all his team outlooks. Right, he only has six, uh, 60,000 words more to write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully he, Carpal Tunnels does not uh, get to yeah. him. Sean's working on his dissertation as he speaks. I, I don't know. So, um, all right, let, let's talk uh, about the closer situation here. What's your take about closers on bad teams, i.e. Michael Givens? I mean, Baltimore is going to be terrible. Uh, you know, whether it's Steckenrider or Sergio Romo on the Marlins, will you take a closer on a crappy team? I mean, ideally you don't want to, but if uh, my goal is to get saves out of the category, and uh, if I have to, sure. And there have been years where the saves are so close and they're going to continue to be. You know, you might have one team near the top that is fortunate enough to get you know, maybe there was someone last year who took Craig Kimbrell and, that got, and then got Blake Trinan later. So, obviously, they're near the top. Maybe they picked up a third one. But for the most part, you're going to have that tier of saves where it's really close. And making that key pickup down the stretch could be a difference maker. I remember a couple years ago in Tout. Oh, I can't remember the closer now. He, he had like six or seven saves for Seattle two years ago. And I picked him up, and it, it turned out to be a huge difference. So, uh, you really have to... It's really about the save category. You ideally would like to have someone with great ratios and strikeouts, but uh, with the way the game has changed now, and I think we're going to see more teams employ multiple closers, uh, even though even if it's only 25 saves, uh, you need that category. What about what Joe Pisapede did? He took uh, Pedro Strope in round 17, then came back in round 20 and took Brandon Morrow 
Are you okay taking like a closer situation where Mara could be out for the first two months, but you get Strope at least for the first two months, you're hoping to get maybe five to 10 saves, and then you get Morrow. Are you willing to basically waste two spots on one position like that? Are there DL slots or now I guess it's what injured list? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I never, I know we have uh, DL spots in this league for sure. Okay. So then, yeah. Then if then it's okay um, because what he'll do is as soon as Morrow's eligible going to DL, he'll put him on the DL, uh, and then he'll have Strope who should close for the first month or however long Morrow's out. So in that situation, I'm okay with it. It's not something I typically do though, uh, but I understand the the thought process there because uh, I know in tout sometimes I will, it'll be a little bit later, but if I know someone's on the DL. I'll take them because I know, okay, well, we have unlimited DL spots. So as soon as I can make moves, I'll put this guy in the DL and I'll pick someone else up. Staying with the closers for a second, the Marlins signed Sergio Romo. Do you think he walks in and becomes the closer over Stecken Rider for the Marlins? No, uh, the Marlins have already kind of said that they're going to use multiple relievers in that spot. Uh, so it could be Romo, Stecken Rider, Adam Conley again. Another one of those teams that's just going to use multiple relievers, and you talk about a bad team, this is a putrid team. I mean, they're citing veterans uh, like Neil Walker, Curtis Granderson, uh, and this NL East is a very tough division. I mean, I don't all... hate Neil Walker, by the way. I hate Curtis Granderson, but I don't know if I hate Neil Walker. I mean, look, they're both older. I mean, Granderson can still hit. He can still get on base, but, I mean, this is a, a terrible team. Uh, yeah. Pitching-wise, it's bad. Uh, clearly, this they is just a signed Jorge Posada, Ronas. Did you Not see that? He's a team advisor. If he played, it'd be different. They might need, they <laughs> might need him to play. If yeah. Alfaro can't hit, just take out the, the Alfaro and put in Jorge Posada. Yeah, there you go. And then uh, maybe Jeter comes back, too. And, uh, Doesn't it feel going? like there's no plan in Miami Let that the team is totally rudderless? They don't know where they're going. Well, they've done this before. Obviously, it's new ownership, but you know how many times have we seen them build up, sign players, make a championship run, and then completely tear it down? Um, so it's really going to come down to how they develop their younger players over the next uh, couple of years. But this division is tough. Uh, every team in that division has made improvements, and we probably have not seen the last of it. you got to think Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. They both potentially can land in the division. It's not, it's not out of the question. Let me ask you this. What if I said, if I ran for commissioner of, of baseball, and I said my first action as commissioner is to get rid of the Marlins and the Rays, would you be okay with that? Yeah. I mean, those, I mean the Rays, though, have actually been not, a not good Not that the Rays aren't good. The Rays are good. They don't and the draw. organization is good. They don't draw anybody. They draw literally 3,000 people for a game. Yeah, so send that front office to the Mets. Right. That front office, I got to be honest with you, I think the Rays front office and the Rays management team gets the most out of the least. And I, I, I find them very impressive, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, they had a good season last year and, and in a tough division. You got the Yankees and the Red Sox there, and you were still able to go out there and win games and turn over the roster, obviously having Blake Snell and the dominance that he showed last year was a big part of it. But yeah, they always do a, a nice job, and they're – I know the platoons drive us crazy in fantasy. But what about but the, pitching, hey. the pitching the relievers as the, for, for the first inning guys? I mean, that, that, everybody thought that was going to be a disaster, but it wasn't. Yeah, it's not something I like. And uh, it sounds like we might see some more teams do it. But, 
uh, I, I prefer to just have your starter go. I mean, Madison Baumgartner said the other day, if you bring in a uh, opener, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, I, I would never do that to Mad Bum. But I might do it to the fifth guy on that rotation. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely something unique. And those that have followed the game for years, it's just uh, something that's uh, different and foreign to us. Yeah, it's true. All right, who's coming up in hour number two? Uh, Andrea Lamont. She was in labor. Well, I got to rephrase that. She was in the labor mixed league she draft She was in labor the whole draft. <laughs> Can you what? ask her, by the way, why she took Bauer, Tyon, Buxton, Luzardo, like half the, five guys from my team she drafted in this, from the FSTA she took. Ask her if she had my, labor, my FST, FSTA team open when she drafted in labor. Can you ask her that for me? I'll ask her that. She's probably going to get mad, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I hate when people get mad. I don't know. Well, no, maybe, maybe, maybe um, mimicry is the best form of flattery, Ronis. I guess she had your cheat sheet. Exactly. Maybe she paid for scoutfantasysports.com. Hopefully she did. Yeah. That's 50, Ronis. 50% off your first two months. I played in uh, a league with her last year. She actually was uh, pretty good. She's very good, but I think she has the Lenny where they go for particular players. You know how Lenny has his sheet? Yeah. He, well, that's an auction, though. He does that. Right. He, I mean, he will basically go out and get the exact team he wants. He does. I've seen it. He'll show me this, this is going to be my team, and he goes out there. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> I came pretty close. <laughs> and he gets an exact team. All right. I'm out of here. Be well. Take care. Ronus back for hour number two. Scout Fantasy Sports back right after this.